0: Welcome to midnight, midnight. conversations. Conversation. 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 welcome to Midnight Conversations. My name is Stephen
1: Bannos. I'm Anna Danamikaraja.
0: Yeah, we nailed that. We
1: nailed it, Stephen. We got Look at that us. wrong last time. We're podcasting, man. Look
0: at <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> we prepared for that after last week.
1: Whew, that was great. It's How you been, been, Stephen? You yeah, yeah, I've been good. I've yeah. been good. Yeah, good. I'm good. feeling fresh, actually. Yeah. I mean, you're a year older now since uh, since last week. I've had a birthday. How we exciting! Have had a birthday, yeah. And
0: you're you're looking good. You've got some uh,
1: iced tea there. Yeah. W- way to praise yourself there. Uh, <laughs> as Stephen did uh, for the listeners that hobby be message me before the podcast said, "Hey, would you like anything?" And I said, "You know what? An iced tea would be great. I uh, appreciate it." And he brings me a 1.5 liter Iced Tea as requested, which is awesome. But you lose brownie points by sort of pointing out your own <laughs> positive thing, like, "Oh, that's a nice jacket. Who got that? Yeah, oh, I got it for you. That's right." <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> that's sort I of a douche move. Comment on the gifts again. Anyway, no, no, no. Well done. That's 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 the things that come with age, I guess, as you turn 26. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, look, firstly, I need oh, to um, I need to thank the Australian National Centre
1: for the Public Awareness of Science, our for lovely th- overlords, who y- uh, you know look after for us and yeah. look after uh, all, all, all the podcasts, make it all work.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're the reason that I get to sit here in such close proximity to Anadon. You know, you could do it
1: outside of the podcast. It doesn't have to be a podcast specific thing. It's Did not you? something I would
0: normally choose to do. But
1: oh. <laughs> Okay, so this is not out of uh, voluntary uh, choice. It's a, it's, a, it's a proxy by force that you, that you here. Exactly. Yeah, cool. Interesting. Look, interesting. we've
0: got a really fun topic today. I'm so um, excited. It, it's, it's an interesting one. It's a bit different from last week. Um, and actually, before I move off that point, um, thank you f- to everyone that that uh, took some time to to message us and, mm-hmm. and leave comments about. Our podcasts that we that we've uploaded that, that was, was on awesome. the uh, the case of the disappearing spoons yeah I got yeah. some nice comments did That's you
1: awesome. uh, well my mom said I could have talked a bit louder but uh a powerful. Yeah. yeah I,
0: I had yeah. the same criticism did you I yeah. yeah
1: I think it's just the audio levels you know I think we just have to just change that yeah, up but. I just
0: I just think this might not be your thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah what um,
1: as all great mothers well one episode and <laughs> is just, just like yeah maybe just give it a break you know focus <laughs> on the PhD a bit more <laughs> um, speaking of the PhD. I mean, this is sort of how I came across this paper. So... In in the first year of my PhD, I did something called a systematic review and a meta-analysis, and I was looking at how fat mass changed in women around menopause. I was interested in this because women have higher incidence of dementia than men, and so I was looking at other factors that happen in women at midlife and trying to see what the link is between this and dementia risk. And so the starting stage of this was I was looking at fat mass changes in women around menopause. I was like, well, what happens here? And uh, in this process of a systematic review, what that means essentially, it's it's a a big word for just saying we looked at pretty much every paper in that was published uh, that looked at fat mass changes in women and a meta analysis means that for each of those papers we took out the values that were from those papers and then we aggregated them to get like an average score like so it sort of tells us you know what uh, one paper says this the other paper says that when we combine them what does the paper say now in doing that, uh, sort of tangentially, I came across this paper. It was, uh, there were a few papers published by a guy called Eric Pullman. And uh, across all of them, they said something called redact- uh, redacted. Uh, the papers were redacted from publication, which is interesting because I looked at around about 3,000 papers. And this was the one paper that was – or the common name that was associated with all the papers that were redacted. And I was like, what's going on here? And it opened a minefield, Stephen, Mm. and and that's what we're going to talk about today, which is the Pullman case, running away from the truth, which is a paper that was done to summarize all the events that happened around this case. Uh, You'll see it in the link uh, in the description for the podcast. But Stephen, Mm -hmm. let me talk you through what the Pullman case was. Please do. Please do. So uh, things began. Uh, to unravel for Eric Pullman in October 2000 when he asked a junior colleague Walter Danino, to write a paper on the effect of aging on lipid metabolism in a cohort of volunteers participating in a long term longitudinal study of the aging process so this is sort of how I came across this paper because I was looking at long term changes in women and so some of this data was relevant to me Um, Dr. Pullman who was an internationally recognized gerontologist which is just someone who looks at the aging process at uh, UVM you know what that is it was University no, no. of uh, something
0: of oh, uh, Vancouver. It was. No, yeah, oh, no, no. Uh, no, Vermont.
1: Vermont, that's the one. Mm. Yeah, University of Vermont. He suggested that uh, Danino use a spreadsheet recently sent by Dr. Pullman to a colleague in Canada, who, as it turned out, did not have time to write the paper. Now, this is this is common, Stephen. Like you know, you'll have people, especially higher ups, who they have all this data and they just don't have the time to write it. So they're like, hey, you know give it to a PhD student, give it to a postdoc, someone who has the time to work on this. And mm-hmm. Dino was super keen and he was like, yeah, sure. Um, do you mind if I get the spreadsheet uh, with all the data from the Canadian guy? Um, but in the meantime, he was provided a more up-to-date version that uh, the junior colleague from had from Dr. Pullman's lab. And so he's like, all right, cool. Uh, I'll wait for that, but for now I'll just look at this. This is sort of how it all came apart because – Dr. Pullman uh, gave Danino a spreadsheet, and what happened was it did not. It contained some falsified and fabricated data, and um, that the and Danino found this out by comparing the spreadsheets. So Danino conducted analysis, which first showed that total cholesterol values were significantly higher in volunteers seen twice over an average period of about six years, and then their values for things like Uh, Cholesterol consists of things like triglycerides, low-density lipoproteins, high-density lipoproteins. There are all sorts of things in the body. Um, LDL is thought of as the bad stuff, and HDL is the good stuff. Uh, And they weren't very different for about two visits. Uh, And Dr. Pullman expressed some surprise. He's like, oh, that data is pretty interesting. Um, Do you want to just give me those spreadsheets and I'll check them again? Gave them back to the guy. The guy reran the analyses. And he was like, oh, conveniently... The results are completely different now. And so this wow. is sort of leads the reader into like this, the story of like case after case of this misconduct that Eric Pullman was doing. And it was, it's one of the biggest cases of misconduct, scientific misconduct that happened in science. It's uh,
0: it's kind of, it's kind of beautiful, isn't it? We've got this Walter Danino, and <laughs> I couldn't think of a better name for this character in the yeah. story. Yeah. Who's, Found out that his uh, superior and mentor is falsifying data, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and as a result, you know, taking this pool of money that's been designated for scientific research and and kind of bringing it his way, mm. um, starving the, the the world of science elsewhere from from this money. And he he has this obligation or this this ethical dilemma. Do I come forward and do I rat out, you know, Mister Pullman? Mm. I call him Mr. Pullman. I don't Eric. Know. Eric? Let's go yeah, with Eric. I think and, uh, that's, that's appropriate.
1: <laughs> but you, you're right. I mean, it's, it's a massive decision to make because, you know, not only is it a superior, but, you know, he, I think in the articles that I was reading, separate to this, there's so much coverage on this. If anyone's interested, yeah. just look up Eric Pullman case. And all the articles were talking about how the student was like, oh, you know, this has to be a mistake, like maybe the values are wrong. But he noticed that when every time he'd get data back from Eric Pullman, he'd he'd get things that were slightly different, there were inconsistencies, which is weird, because in science, there's always data management processes and things to keep things in order. But to get changes that happen so frequently, it's it's definitely a, a weird thing. So he, he questioned Dr. Pullman about it. And, you know, he'd uncovered and received a variety of like, you know, Contradictory and unsatisfactory answers from Dr. Pullman uh, in in late 2000. Danino uh, went to the senior officials at the university and convinced them that something was going on. Um, and after assessing the concerns, the university started saying, "Yeah, all right, let's let's look into this." And that's where it all sort of started to unravel because they realized that whoa, there's a there's a lot of things that are happening here. So what what are some of the things that happened? Well, you know, initially they said, uh, "Look." is it is it just that he changed a few of the data points is it that some things have happened and you know maybe there's a reason he in science you know nothing's perfect and we often there's errors that occur when we enter data so something could have happened there but mm-hmm. so you know they uh, people ask Mr. Pullman you know what's going on what are you doing and he said no nah, no nah. he had reasons after reasons about why the data was different and you know I said oh it, it, you know they entered it wrong or the data was wrong and then he asked uh, the student asked for the data and you know Eric Pullman was like ah uh, you know I don't have it on me but it's something that you know which is always a classic like oh, that, that's Just something in there. pocket
0: feet <laughs> shuffling well I, I don't know
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean but like I mean Steve if you were to put yourself in Danino's position what, yep. what would do you think what do you think you could do? Do you think you 'd be able to go to senior advisory boards to you know it's, it takes a lot of courage to do stuff like that mm. but you have
0: to right mm. um, and th- there is a reason that we 're doing this paper this early on and it 's mm-hmm. because you know we want to be on the same wavelength when it comes to science and, and what science essentially is to me at least and, and i would I would hope sort of objectively is that it 's collecting evidence mm. or yeah, okay. Collecting, collecting evidence to try to shape uh, what what we would objectively perceive as reality. Yeah. So, we're sort of creating... Scientists are creating the world that, that we know or perceived to be, mm. right? Um, so, there is no real right or wrong, and science needs to be criticised... Right, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. we don't end up with a false reality, yeah. and so all the papers that we go through here, we hope that you're looking at or, or listening to and thinking, okay, well, cool, we've got some statistics, mm-hmm. statistics. we've got a study mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily make it so, mm-hmm. right? And cases like this one here are a real, you know, va- validation or proof that we need to be critical because <laughs> we don't know what what we're looking at, um, and so that's that's why. You know, uh Danino, in this position, he he has a, an ethical responsibility to to come forward and say, "Hang on, the reality that that uh, Eric here is is um, kind of producing for us all it, it is not as it seems."
1: And we need it's, to. It's yeah. very true, and you know what's interesting about this case as well. Just on the back of that, is that it's a very black and white case, like. Everyone knows this is wrong. You shouldn't like change data to make your findings clear. But there's more gray areas in science that people are aware of and discussing openly, but the shift in what's happening... Isn't happening maybe quick enough or widely enough, and that is the idea of you know a lot of scientists that conduct science don't fully understand statistics that they're using, and so mm. the the interpretation is minimal. And this is of no fault of their own, you know. It, it, it's uh, a lot of statistics is very very it can be difficult, and and it takes a lot of effort to not only understand it, but uh, when you it's sort of like a rabbit hole. The more you learn, the more questions you have, and mm. so you know the way people teach statistics in universities can uh, teach scientists to actually look at data sometimes incorrectly. And there's been a big emphasis. If anyone has done any statistics, there's this big emphasis on things like P values, which is if it's significant, then people say, Oh, like the findings are meaningful. Or if it's not significant, people, you know, shy away and, and cry in a corner. And, and this is sort of the gray area of like, if we only publish significant findings, then we're limiting that scope, as Stephen was saying there, of, of what is science? What is the objective truth that we're trying to get at? So the, trying to adjust that is interesting. But that's, that's sort of why we're talking about this paper today. I mean, in, in terms of this guy is like falsifying data and is it impeding objective truth? And, hmm. and I think the big issue, which was uh, this case ended up being tried criminally. And the reason for it is because Eric Pullman would falsify data and he'd get the results he wanted. And then people who would fund science said this guy knows what he's doing he's he's funding it he looks pretty on top of it he's got a good track record and as a result he'd get all this money and that money should have been diverted elsewhere and then so they tried it criminally because of all the money that he took from government organizations Mm. which is I, i think he sentences one year and one day is that right? I think is that so. Right there yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. a cute sentence. <laughs> <laughs> one year is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Just that one extra day. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it, crazy. Crazy let, when you think about it.
0: Let, let, let me push, uh, push you up against the wall for a second. No, do it. Metaphorically, do it. of course. I'm sure as Eric was in prison. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. Sorry. Um, <laughs> should we trust science? How prevalent is the falsification of data in science, you, you being in this world and, and me not?
1: uh i i uh, should we trust science it's it's a difficult question because it sure. means should we trust scientists should we trust the science that comes out should we trust how scientists are interpreting science sometimes they interpret science incorrectly and at no fault of their own it's just a lack of understanding you know mm-hmm. um so there's a few layers to that i think uh, the the attitude I think a lot of scientists have is healthy skepticism. Always mm. always look at things with a healthy skepticism. The whole idea of science is having that dialogue, which sort of we integrate into this podcast. of Having a dialogue about things is really, really important because the, that's how you get to develop into understanding things better by discussing different points of view. So, mm. should we trust scientists? Not, No, I don't think so. I think we need to always question because that is what science is about, questioning. There is no scientist that blindly trusts anyone, no matter how how high up in the field they are. Mm. So even if a paper comes from a high-tier journal you always look at it with skepticism So
0: I can only assume you're saying that because you've spent your the better part of your career falsifying data <laughs> <laughs> no I, <Yes. laughs> I'm sure uh, I, I've known that in a long time and I, yeah. I can assure you he's one of the most um, ethical and earnest people I've oh, ever met well, so thank, well. you, thank you Steve it's, it's,
1: it's, it's a beautiful thing to say I don't, I don't know how to reciprocate I feel like I need to reciprocate that compliment but I yeah, don't you should I just, I'm waiting I, I just don't have anything to say you know the, if you don't have anything nice to say the,
0: the say. longer it goes without a response <laughs> uh, the, the the more my statements are attracted okay cool I will uh, (laughs) will. (laughs)
1: Um, so criminally it it got tried Uh, he got sent to prison Uh, do you know what happened to him after prison Uh, no I don't so what happened to Eric Pullman as far as I'm aware according to his Wikipedia page again Wikipedia it's actually a great resource for, like, mm. learning stuff, but should always be looked at with skepticism <laughs> as well. But as far as I'm aware, I think he's an advisor to, like, uh, uh, like academic institution. He's now an advisor. That's, with, I did read that somewhere. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I thought was hilarious, because he goes from scientist to, like, jail inmate person to, um, yeah, to an uh, advisor. Back to... Fake scientist? I don't know. I yeah. mean,
0: you you can't judge this man's entire career on on these these acts, right? Except,
1: yeah. What, okay, do, you, what you do you mean w- you can't? What, what, what does that mean?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I'm a forgiving man. I, I think yes, he's made some mistakes, but he's still an intelligent man. I, I have no doubt. And
1: but to to be. For someone who's been tried and convicted of conducting scientific malpractice, to have them as an advisor doesn't look great for your organization, right? Sure, sure, sure. sure. I like, would be
0: more skeptical, I, <laughs> if, especially if he uh, reproduced um, a study on,
1: on the same topic. That's it, exactly. I mean, like, I think the only case in which I think that's okay is if they're trying to crack down on scientific misconduct. Mm-hmm. And they're like, who do we get? Let's get the guy who like abused science the best and then put him, you know, it's it's like (laughs) when they learn how to um, create computers that are impenetrable, what they Mm. do is they actually give it to hackers to try and hack into. Like, I think Mm. by that logic, it makes sense. But any other logic, I don't, yeah, I don't think.
0: Were you, um, were you a little bit concerned about the scrutiny you might come under producing a paper on
1: a similar topic? Yeah, look. In in science, there's always a bit of anxiety, to be honest, when it comes mm. to scrutiny. Yeah, because you know you put a lot of effort, uh, time, and effort into what you do, and you can, you know, get torn down sometimes. Usually for things that maybe you didn't think of at the time, or you know, certain limitations that were out of your control. And and so there is a bit of anxiety in that respect. But something my supervisor always says to me, which is very comforting, is if you do it with the best of intentions and you always make sure that you are well-meaning in what you need to do then whatever happens happens you deal with it you learn you move forward and that's what science is about and hmm. I, I think that's the approach of of taken, which is which is help but uh, there is there is always that you know it's always nice to say oh you know discussions critical discussions are great but in practicality it can mean really difficult times yeah. but uh That's why I'm in science. I'm in science to grow and learn, and you can't have that without challenges. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: There's also kind of a a peer review system, is there not? There Um, is. um, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So so scientists kind of keep keep account of each other and just Mm. make sure no one's really up to mischief.
1: That's what they try to do. So... um
0: that's your pain, that, isn't it? No, no. Will, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop accusing you. No, no, you I, I, I appreciate it. It's too, fun for me. But, but
1: you know, if I uh, do get tried or convicted at any point in time, I hopefully this is, is this inadmissible? Can they use stuff that is like, you know, ingest? Uh, like look, if you like, like, cause like it's all about context, right? Like these hmm. days people take quotes out of context. So yes. is this something that could come back to Wyoming? I don't know. Uh,
0: if, if I was a prosecutor against you, I, I would, <laughs> I would admit this. See so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if
1: if you're a prosecutor against me, hopefully you'll you'll Submit you'll this, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Using the wrong terminology. Um but that's that's I guess the big takeaway from this mm. is not so much don't conduct bad science or don't mm. falsify data. I think the big takeaway from this is critical thinking, it's, isn't it? It's yeah. like the idea of like looking at things and thinking differently about them. Mm. Mm.
0: There's, um, uh, my research to this was not so much reading the article that and sent me. And that's mm. that's going to be a common thing, and <laughs> <Adidas laughs> sending me an article. I'm like, oh, I get distracted and just Google other things. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the stuff I found um, was kind of the, the climate science skeptics, which were like, data is being falsified mm. to kind of, you know, pursue this agenda. Yeah. I mean, in favor of you know, cl- climate change action. Yeah, and, um, yeah. It's it's interesting because we have a case like this here where data was pr- shown to be falsified and mm. and um I guess we need that skepticism. It's, so, it's
1: definitely it definitely needs to be there. I mm. think it uh, skepticism healthy skepticism is the key, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, when it's uh, when there's overwhelming evidence at, at any point in time, I think skepticism can sometimes hold things back, like in the sense mm. of like there are still people who believe the earth is flat when mm. you know there's there's we have technology to quite concretely show it isn't but it's i'm learning uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know should, that i don't want to reveal any biases <laughs> <laughs> flatearthers.com is uh, managed by mm. stephen Meadows, <laughs> but oh it's it, i think uh, you know it it's, uh, science is always about making informed decisions so ensuring that you have that compass that is informed is really really important mm. but stephen mm. i think i think that's the place to leave it i think that's a yeah. that's, i think that's a beautiful message I think it's a nice message as well. I think so, right? Be critical, be healthy, healthily critical and sceptical yeah. and uh, move forward.
0: There's, there's no element of you trying to escape before I continue to accuse you, is there, internet? And uh,
1: I'll see you guys next week. You <laughs> 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 we did it. Everything is denied. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but if you are interested, as I said, uh, the paper is in the description of the podcast link. Uh, hit us up. Let us know what you thought. If you uh, get a chance to read it, we'd, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the d- topic and the discussion. And You know, what would you do in the situation when, when you're faced as a junior colleague to try and you know uh, confront someone senior about something that big, I mean, it's here it's data manipulation, but like in your workplace it may be different. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. But uh, yeah, yeah. Until, well, your stories, yeah. If
0: there's any personal experience out there? Definitely I'd be fascinated.
1: Let's know. Let's have some uh, more midnight conversations. But until then, Stephen Banos, thank you very much.
0: Thank you.